A very warm welcome back to the Raw Stories podcast. I'm your host, Fungai Mettler. The Raw Stories podcast is a place where we acknowledge where we're coming from by telling stories followed by lessons. We have incredible guests that come here and pour their hearts out, and I am incredibly grateful to all of them for always gracing us with their presence. Today is once again no different. We have a wonderful guest, and her name is Gracious Maziva Nanga. Um, yes, beautiful, beautiful Zimbabwe name. And she's a 23-year-old chemical and process systems engineering student. She lives in Harare in Zimbabwe. And she's just very impressive, and you'll get to understand why. She's the CEO and founder of Shining Light Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that really has children and youth at heart. She's impressive, and I'm super excited to have her here today. Gracious, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Fungai, for having me. You are most welcome. So why don't we start hearing about your story and your journey? Where does it all begin? Wow, where to start from? Um, <laughs> for me, I discovered my passion. Oh, I could say by passion, and which has been helping people in whatever way I can. So that helped me to be able to to discover myself and to start pursuing that that makes me happy and my purpose. So I started Shining Life Foundation when in 2019, but really the work started years back from when I was in primary school, even when I was still a child, up to where I am today. It's all about been, it's always been about helping people. So growing up, I always, I always had the, I've always felt the urge to try to help out someone, even with the little hat. I would take even if I had toys or something. My mom used to complain a lot, you know, if she bought me something and I found someone who actually needed it more than I did, I would just give with no hesitation. And after now, it's something I still do. Oh, that's so, so that, beautiful. You know, <laughs> but how how did it start? Were you always like this? You just always felt connected to giving in that way. I just felt so connected to it. For me, it comes naturally, and letting go of things is easier for me. So that's when I discovered that this actually might be something, there might be something more to it. Because I looked at it from growing up to where I am now, and I discovered that there was some pattern that, you know, that revolved around just giving and, you know, trying to help the less privileged in it where I could. So that's when it all started. Um, back when I was younger, primary school and high school, I did more volunteering, you know. If there was a recharge to an orphanage or a community need, I was one of the first to volunteer all the time. So that's how it all started, up to a stage whereby um, one of my mentors suggested that I actually, you know, establish myself and have something that represents what I love and what I do. And that was the start of Shining Life Foundation. Um, it was a platform for me to just help out in the community and do what I love and spread love, actually. <laughs> I like hearing that. And I like hearing it because many people think they need to get to a certain wealth level or a certain age before they can start giving back. And so um, I'm a sucker for a story that tells of social impact or making a difference before you're even, you know, a millionaire <laughs> or whatever it is. And just hearing a very 
beautiful example of how you would share your belongings with those that needed it more is for me something that that I treasure quite a lot. Yeah, that is true. You know, majority of us think that you know going out there to help someone you should help because you have something in excess. But really it's not about that. It's about the the intention, the care, the love behind it. Some of these things just fall into place, fall they just fall into place naturally. For instance, what I was saying is that the moment you give somehow it's as if it multiplies in your life, like I was saying. And the the reaction someone gives you is the one the most it's an indescribable feeling to be honest it puts a smile on my face each and every time like i just started you know i didn't even have like a solid capital when i started i remember you know i had to register using pocket money like my own personal pocket money and i had to save for like about a year so that i could register for my wow. own pocket money so it's one of those things because if you want to do something at the end of the day and you're trying to tell people what you want to do like i'm saying a lot of people have the mentality that this is something you do when you know you're rich and you want to give out from your profits but it's not about that it's starting from when you're still growing from the little that you have and being willing to give that little to help someone else to get to a certain level you're at that's what's important so you know saving up um started saving up my yes started saving up my pocket money until I could register, you know, saving up for me to actually have programs or anything. Yeah. But you don't have, so so official philanthropy or charity training, right? You just started with passion and with what you had. What inspires a, a person to go that path? Because there's a lot of learning, right? In terms of these formal processes and registrations and designing projects and getting the right team on board. You're a CEO at 23 of a brilliant organization. Where did you learn all that? Yeah, oh, uh, you know, for me i think passion when you're you're passionate about something you you go the extra mile to make sure that you are at the same level with some of those people that have the qualifications and that have the funds to do what you're doing everything for me has been self taught to be honest um i try to engage myself with a lot of people like a lot of people organizations that are doing the work that i'm doing and i try to learn from them for instance if you I, I follow organizations like UNICEF um United Nations because they're organizations that I look up to so whenever there's like you know those free training courses and stuff I try to engage myself in some of those things so for me it has been soft taught to be honest um Yali Networks has contributed a lot they've got free courses that they have provide training and everything so for me it has just been passion passion was the starting point for me then after passion the drive the the initiative not to the push to want to be the top at whatever i'm doing that led me to actually try to find opportunities there are always like those little gaps and those little platforms to help you to excel in whatever field you are even if you're on a budget like i was saying there are free courses that have trained me to have to be where i am today so i had to learn everything whether it was proposal writing um how to end stuff with the community um community development um how to address different situations you know learning about 
human rights and everything, everything that relates to the work that I do. I had to go back, learn and research. And we're so fortunate that we have it easier. We've got the internet at, the, at our disposal. So for me, it has, it's been a really helping hand for me. So it has given me the platform for me to be able to come, to go back to it, learn more and be able to, you know, give what I've learned because you can, yeah, you can only give what you have. So I have to keep on, you know, getting more information, getting more substance, such to a point that when I go to a place, I know what's right to say, or the right things to say, you know, how to handle myself, um, effective communication, and also budgeting and everything, because it's all essential to having a successful organization. Right. You know, you're touching on so many incredible things and I'm thinking, oh my goodness gracious, we haven't even gotten to the lessons part and I'm already learning so much from you. Um, I like the idea of, you know, starting where you are and, and starting with what you have, right? And not waiting until a certain point to jump in. You also touched on volunteering and the role that this has played for you. So before you started your own organization, you volunteered with other organizations. And I think you mentioned that you still do in one way or another. Um, please tell us how that has been enriching for you in, in your journey. Um, volunteering is important, especially if you're someone who's interested in these things, or you're actually learning to be able to do this, like the people that are doing social work and everything. I'll encourage you to, to you know, volunteer. For me, volunteering, it put me in a platform where I got to experience how the work is conducted, how you interact with communities. Because, because of this work, what happens is that you interact with people and people have different emotions, different feelings, different understanding and different interpretation of things. So you need to know how to conduct yourself around people. So I only learned that through volunteering. So when you go to a certain place, there's a certain way you would conduct yourself. Those are things I would have never known if I hadn't volunteered. So by the time I was now independent, I knew how to handle myself because through volunteering, I acquired skills and knowledge to help me to be able to stand on myself. Um, yes. <laughs> I like that quite, I mean, it's impressive. It's impressive because, you know, I, I re, I'm a strong believer in volunteering and I gained a lot of my professional experience in the space of philanthropy over the last 10 years through volunteering. Um, and many people will always ask, you know, is it just using my time? What can I actually learn? And I'd always say you, you get to learn from it as much as you want, right? The opportunities are always there and you decide to what extent you actually engage. Um, and so my question to you would be, how did you select the organizations that you volunteered for? How did you find those opportunities? Um, for me, um, I like to throw myself out there. So if, if there's some, okay, for the first thing you need to do is that, what do you believe in? What are your goals? What are your visions? What are your beliefs? What are your guiding principles, right? The moment you have established those things, you then find things that align to your vision, your, the things that align to your goals, the organization that align to your you know, passion as well. Once you've found those things, it then easier for you to put yourself in that place because then it, those are the things you're passionate about. So for me, I discovered I'm, I like helping with children. So I quickly found organizations that dealt with children. You know, and I started participating, whether it's you know, just visiting an orphanage to clean up or something. 
I just started to put myself out there. And you know, with volunteering, you have to be selfless because you're doing this not to get something back in return. Sometimes, you know, with volunteering, I had to actually put more of my resources into getting what the work that needed to be done, you know. So it's one of those things. The moment you know what you stand for, the organ you then align yourself to the organizations that also stand for what you believe in. Then you start volunteering for those organizations. That sounds wonderful. I love that. It's very simple but very powerful. Making um, sure that you're choosing your focus area and what cause you're passionate about because there's thousands of topics that we can start to think about that have an impact socially, environmentally, or even in the in the areas of governance. So if you know you're passionate about children and then you take that path, if it's the environment, you take that path, then you just find something that links um, to your passions. And something that I always share is if you're passionate about it, the fire is more likely to burn for a little while longer. Um, and if you're forced to volunteer for a topic that means nothing to you, you'll get tired very quickly. Another topic that you mentioned earlier on is how your mentor advised you to start this up. Um, let's talk about the role of mentorship in your journey. I would I like to describe my mentors as my, you know, my guide through it all, right? Because they help me to be able to navigate myself. Even when you face challenges, when you face obstacles, they're there to really help you. How then do you get out of this? Because in a way they've experienced it. And they've played a huge role for me in getting to where I am. I am, and you know, with mentors, you have to be specific. Like what I was saying, um, whatever you're doing in life, be goal oriented, right? And know your know your vision, know your goals, and know your you know your what can I say? Um, <laughs> know your focus points, right? Because you're specific to what you want and you know everything. You can easily find people that can help you directly to it. Because sometimes we stumble and we lose track of what we're doing because we're trying to juggle 100 things at the same time. And those are things I actually learned through mentors as well, that you need to be specific. You know, when you, there's a certain point whereby I reached a certain level and my mentor was like, you know what, you've gone to a level whereby I'm confident enough for you to let you do this by yourself. And I also got to a stage whereby I actually started mentoring people as well. So with stages in life, you know, you change your mentors, you know, you you change your mentors because you're now at a different level in life. And now you need someone to guide you through that part and that's what I add as well. Yeah, mentorship is an evolving journey, you know, and I, I really like how you explain and you put that, how your mentors are your guiding light because as, you know, I'm, I'm in a dual position. I serve as a mentor, but I'm also a mentee, right? Um, and one thing that, you know, my mentor has always, so one of my mentors has been incredible in is not only providing guidance, but also sharing her own experiences. Um, so when I go and vent about a situation that I'm really not happy about, um, she'd always tell me her experience and how she's overcome. And from there, I'm able to draw and to glean lessons. Um, so I, I love that, you know, you're making use of mentors and you're getting that support. Um, but I'm also keen to learn something else from you. So, you know, you're beyond your years and you're incredibly, you're doing so much incredible work 
work and the steps that you're taking are for me very impressive. Um, so I'd like to ask, like on one level, what exactly is your organization focusing on? Um, what kind of topical areas are you covering? Uh, what communities are you active in? You know, as people are listening, maybe they can make connections of, oh yeah, that's an interesting topic that I would like to volunteer in. Um, and I just want to make sure we provide them the full context of what is Shining Light Foundation actually working on? Um, Shining Light Foundation, I when we established our organization, I wanted it to be a bridge between the youth and students because I wanted to target um, the younger demographic um, it, I wanted it to be a bridge between them and other bigger organizations, right? But we had to realign the purpose a bit. And now what we do is that we start projects and initiatives that target some of the problems and challenges that they face in their day-to-day -day lives, right? So majority of our projects um, built off some of the sustainable development goals, which have provided like a, a structure to some of the global problems that each and every child or adult actually faces so then what we do is that we plan according to according to the work that we are doing for instance in the previous years um we had we tackled the issue of hunger um through hunger what we did is that we organized um, food drives for different organizations and we also did, we also tackled the issue on education, which is also part of the sustainable development goals, which are the SDGs. And we provided um, stationary drives for areas that were in need. For instance, after the cyclone Ida hit Zimbabwe, we actually organized a stationary drive for the students um, at a school in Chimani Mani. And throughout the years, we have just tried to volunteer to have different mentoring and career guidance to the girl child as well, um, especially in the rural districts, to just give them the platform that they need to be able to get a kickstart in whatever they're doing. Because what happens is that we mainly target the rural areas because they do not have the exposure and some of the opportunities that we are fortunate enough to have because of our location, right? For instance, um, someone in the rural areas has less, um, less connection to the, you know, outside world, like what we do. It's easier for us to, you know, sport a doctor, sport a nurse, and, you know, you know, and sport a pilot or sports player and quickly determine, I want to be like this person because of the work they're doing. But what we try to do is that we try to bring that to the students in the rural areas by having career guidance and um, mentoring sessions. So we go throughout and we also try to do advocating, advocating for children's rights and human rights because a right is really not a right until someone knows about it. Right. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, you know, teach them about their rights so that when they are violated or someone is depriving them of their rights, they're quick to notice that this is something I'm entitled to this, but someone is suppressing this right. So what happens is that majority of the people don't really understand this because they haven't they don't actually know what their rights are. So that's what we do. That's what we've been doing in the past years as well. Wow. And this wow. year, and this year we are trying to aim to, we're trying to eradicate hunger because what happens is that a, a, a hungry man is an angry man. Yes. So we're trying to, yeah, it is. So then when someone is truly hungry, there isn't much that they can do for themselves. 
So throughout this year, we're starting projects and initiatives that provide sustainable food solutions to families. By sustainable mm-hmm. food solutions is that I don't want to go and give a food hamper today. And, you know, after a month, that food hamper is used up and the person is back to square zero. So now what we're doing is that we want to start projects and initiatives that help them to be sustainable. Even if I don't visit a family six months by six months later, I know they're well catered for and they're well taken care of. So that's our main goal for this year. So we're devoting a year to it so that we really start projects and initiatives for communities to continue to sustain the, the residents and provide for them when it comes to the issue of food. So we're going to be spreading this project initiative throughout Zimbabwe and even expand to other countries. I love that a lot. And I'll be watching closely. I'm very interested in sustainable livelihoods related projects. Um, and I'm involved in a couple of, you know, gardening, organic gardening projects or starting, you know, farming initiatives to empower um, women and, and, you know, children in the community. Um, because, you know, we have a lot of childhood at homes in Zimbabwe as, as a general um, issue that, you know, that we deal with. So I'm very keen to learn more about that. So please do keep me in the loop and, you know, as soon as your information is ready, also happy to share it with the broader network for those that are interested to learn more. Um, Gracious, you know, you've talked about a lot of the the work that you're doing, your background, um, but I also know you're studying a a bachelor's degree or you're in your final year uh, for your bachelor's degree in chemical and process systems engineering, which seems very disconnected to philanthropy. You know, what, what inspired that passion and the path that you're taking there? Oh, well, you know, for me, like, like you said, my degree and what I'm doing at the moment, like, they're totally different. They're totally different. I'm, I'm studying chemical and process systems engineering, and yet I am running an organization that does mainly social work. For me, like I said, um, with passion and love for something it comes naturally you know like a lot of i've gotten a lot of discouragement over the years regarding this this organization you know everyone is just like you know with ngos you know you you're not getting money from it are you doing it for what what are you doing it but for me i always tell people the more you try to fight me against this thing the more passionate and the more zeal and the more fire i have it i have for it so you need to I, I just kept fighting for it. I just kept fighting for it because it's something I'm passionate about. Even if, you know, I'm doing my career in engineering, I'll always have time for this organization because it graduates and, it, you know, it resonates with every fiber of my body. So it comes easy. It comes easily for me. So, yes, engineering might be my career, but my organization is my passion and yeah a career can find your dreams and your passions oh look at that i love that statement it's exactly what i was thinking about um you know a lot of people don't give themselves permission to pursue passions outside of their career areas and you know in that way you limit yourself greatly i'm glad you're not doing that um and you're pursuing it even though on paper it doesn't match one thing that i can tell you is the dots will always connect in the future. Um, You'll find yourself one day in a place where you're like, wow, it's great that I have an engineering degree because this social impact project that I'm doing needs exactly this topical area. So 
you know, we don't always have to have it figured out when we start that journey. But, you know, one day when we stop and look back, the dots connect a lot better than they truly do because every time I'm in a classroom and you know I'm learning something and it's in the engineering field I'm always trying to pin it pin it back to my passion and how I can help you know with chemical engineering we cover a lot of topics you know for instance if I learn about water purification in my mind it's already running to my projects you know providing safe and cleaner waters for community so, so the always connects they always connect so I'm really excited you know, I also love my career and I'm passionate about the degree that I'm doing. And I want to take that platform and put it back to philanthropy in a way and find ways I can be innovative for my career to, you know, try to push and drive my passions and my other dreams and goals as well. Yeah, so I would say, you know, the, the problems that we're facing now are going to need a lot of innovation and we're going to need to do things differently, right? Uh, so we're going to need engineers like yourself to enter the philanthropy space like you're doing and to transform it in the ways that you are. So super grateful that you're on this path and that you're doing this. I'm curious, you know, in every journey, many of us face obstacles and challenges in one way or another. What are some of the obstacles that you have had to overcome, either personally or professionally with your organization or even academically with your degree um personally um from the what i was saying is that it's not everyone who's been excited and you know all into this whole organization for because when it comes to a non-profit organization you have to be selfless that's the first thing you you have to be selfless in everything that you do you need to understand that what you have is for everyone as well Right. So that has been a major challenge in that people around you see it as if you're spending so much money and resources into something you're not getting back. Right. And obviously, you know, with the parents and everything, you know, coming from an African setup, you know, people are like, you need to do your stick to your school or do to this, do you know, you need to do this and do this because I travel a lot. <laughs> and you know my parents are not for it they haven't been for all this but for me it's it's been a challenge that has driven me to even work harder because now instead of just you know um going back and being like oh I really help someone I need to prove that what I'm doing is actually causing change so that drives me to even work harder then um when it comes to the organization um, like we're talking about mm, something I'm trying to establish from um, itty bits of my pocket money, for instance, because at the moment I'm not really, you know, well-funded, you may say, or, you know, well-sourced, resourced, right? So I've faced a lot of challenges is that you have limitations in what the work that you're trying to do, because now you're trying to work within the minimum amount you have or within your budget. So there isn't much you can do. And that has been a major obstacle for me, but I've tried to push through, you know, that's when the innovation comes in and everything. For me, every challenge has just been, you know, a stepping stone for me to become even greater in a way. I try to find ways to empower solutions to the problems that I'm facing. So I've I've learned to be more innovative. I've learned to be more zealous. So that's with some of my challenges. Then academically, like yes, um, there are times whereby you can't really do much because school is also demanding your attention, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like for instead of me having like a whole year to devote my projects and everything that I'm doing, 
sometimes I have to be strategic in that I have to push a lot of work during my my semester breaks, during my holidays, so that when it comes to my academic time, I really, you know, give also my duty the attention that is required. So those have been some of the challenges, but through it all, I've learned to be innovative, you know, and also faith. Faith has taken me, I'm, I'm a Christian and, you know, it has helped me to get to where I am because there's some times when you, you just feel like giving up, but then as a Christian, what I believe in and, you know, what I stand for motivates me and pushes me to keep doing what I'm doing because at the end of the day, what I want to spread is God's love and spread love in whatever action I'm doing. I think, you know, there's a lot of challenges from different angles um, and you're approaching them in the best way you know how and that sounds like it's working brilliantly for you. Um, there's a couple of lessons we can draw from you. Um, but it, as you know, as we're drawing towards the end, um, I'm keen to learn from you. So the first uh, question is, what are you most proud of? Out of all this that you're working on and you're doing, what is the one thing that stands out where you're like, you know, you look in the mirror and you you pat yourself on the back, you're like, gracious, you're amazing. What would that one thing be? Well, for me, it has to be the organization. Uh, it's, it's something was like, you know, when I look at it, like the first day, when I started, I'm being for real, when I started, I didn't even think I would get to a stage whereby I would be having such a conversation with you, like <laughs> talking about it now, right? Because, you know, when you start something, there's always, you know, people pushing you down. The moment you try to raise your head and, you know, try to stand up for something, you attract opposition and you attract negativity as well. So the fact that I've pushed through and, you know, we're turning three this year and we have pushed through and we've done projects and, you know, something whereby when I go back to a place that I've, you know, done a project, people still remember. Ah, oh, do you still remember those guys? They came and they talked to us about this. Because sometimes I'm not doing much, but you're leaving an impact and a smile on someone's face at the end of the day that keeps me going you know that makes me so happy you know i look in the mirror and i'm like wow you're doing something amazing keep going that's brilliant i'm glad you keep going and i'm glad you keep pushing because you know the world needs women like you zimbabwe needs women like you so thank you for pursuing that um so what are the two lessons that you would leave us with today the two that you want to stand out you've shared so much um but if you could sum it up to two lessons if you know, people listening don't take anything away except these last two things. What might those be? The first one, um, learn your purpose, know your vision, know your goals, and focus and draw. let them be your focus points in whatever mm-hmm. aspect of life it is, whether it is your academics, whether it is with your goals, your whatever it is know your purpose, know your vision, know your goals. The moment you establish those things, you you have um you have something to look forward to. You've got something you're working towards, right? And also the second one um would be oh there's such a lot I don't know which one I should say but the second one um mentorship is important you know i'm trying to just find general points that cover almost everything mentorship is important as it gives you a stepping stone it gives you an advantage in that you've got someone who's experienced something that you are too experienced to guide you and lead you in what you're doing 
So yeah, I'll think I'll stick to those two. That's amazing. It's amazing takeaways. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming to the podcast and for sharing about your journey and the journey of impact, starting with you know what you have, starting where you are. That's incredibly inspiring. So thank you so much for coming to the podcast today. Oh, thank you, Fungai, for having me. It has been amazing, you know, just sharing my journey with you. Thank you. And to everyone that has listened to us today, thank you once more for tuning in. You've heard it from Gracious Maziwananga, the CEO of Shining Light Foundation. You have heard it. She has said it. You start where you are. You start with what you have. Don't wait until you're a millionaire to make a social impact. Thank you for listening. And please share this with your friends, with your family, anyone that wants to make an impact and has no idea where to start. And I will speak to you next time. Goodbye. This episode was proudly produced by Tom at Tom Lloyd Sounds. And his website is www.tomloydsounds.com. Thank you, Tom. You're fantastic.